Try to imagine the last time that you got to hold a sleeping infant. Or imagine what it would be like to hold a sleeping infant. Close your eyes. Picture the scene. She's probably wrapped up in a blanket, maybe wearing a little hat. Can you see her face? Can you feel her tiny breathing? Infants are completely helpless. They cannot feed themselves, change themselves, or move themselves around. Modern psychology tells us they cannot even emotionally regulate themselves. If they have a bad feeling, they need someone else to help soothe that bad feeling away. So, this infant you are holding, she relies entirely on you. You are her safety. You are her comfort. You are her world. She sleeps peacefully because she trusts you completely. She believes she is safe in your arms. Infants are also physically attuned to their protectors. They feel their warmth, their breathing, their heartbeat. The infant you are holding, she nestles into your arm and your chest because your body is a firm and ever-present reminder that you will keep her safe and at peace. This kind of trust can be overwhelming because all of us know that we are flawed, broken human beings. Part of us does not want the absolute trust of the infant in our arms because we feel like we do not deserve it, that we cannot uphold our end of the bargain. We do not want the trust because we know that we are capable of failure. Why would such an innocent child trust us so completely, us who carry with us the corruption of the world? But the better part of our nature aspires to be worthy of this trust. We aspire to rise to the occasion and to become our best selves for the sake of this infant. We aspire to actually be the person this infant believes us to be. Now imagine all of this, knowing that the infant you are holding is God incarnate. Maybe you are like Mary, who received the startling message from the angel Gabriel and experienced the mysterious presence in your womb for nine months. Maybe you are like Joseph, who has dreamed of angels telling him to guard and care for this mother and her child as a foster father to a hidden king. Maybe you are like a shepherd who came running after an entire army of angels announced the birth of the Savior of mankind. Or maybe you are like a wise man from the East whose learning led you to a star, which led you to a cave in which this infant was sleeping. Whoever you are as you hold this child, 
all of those feelings remain true. Jesus is helpless. He is dependent. He is relying on you. He is trusting you. He is leaning into you. You are the source of his infantile peace and safety. But now it is not simply a child trusting you absolutely. It is God himself, the uncreated creator, the source of all life and existence. God has made himself utterly helpless and has placed himself in your arms. Before, you may have suspected that you were unworthy of the trust and confidence given to you by the child. But now you know it, absolutely. Holding God himself in your arms, every sin, every failing, every flaw and shortcoming come flooding back to your mind. How could God entrust himself to you? How could God decide that you, of all people, were worthy to hold him and to protect him? You want to be worthy. You want to become the person God created you to be. But even your better nature fails you, and you lose heart. How can you ever be worthy of this gift? And yet, somehow, the peace of the sleeping infant is communicated to you. You are left with the difficult questions. You are left with the mystery. But you are also left with the sleeping child who brings peace to all mankind. My brothers and sisters in Christ, Every last one of us knows that we are broken, flawed, and sinful. Many of us try to gloss over it, reassuring ourselves that on the whole we're good people, and we may even find reassurance in that shallow sentiment. But can any of us say that we have been the perfect Christian, giving our entire heart, mind, soul, and strength to God? or that we have been perfectly attentive and loving to every single member of our family, or that we have given ourselves completely in service to the peripheries, to the poor and the marginalized and those in need. None of us are worthy of the trust and confidence shown to us by the Christ child. And the shame of our failures, the shame that we are not perfect creatures we know we were created to be, that shame drives us, all of us, from the very earliest days of our life to cover over the holes in our hearts with vain pursuits. Some of us pursue wealth and pleasure, believing that feeling good or feeling secure will make us feel whole. Some of us pursue power or honor, believing that the respect and admiration of others can heal what is broken inside of us. Some of us even pursue a notion of righteousness, believing that if we fight for a cause greater than ourselves, a cause that uses words like liberty or rights or justice or peace or equality or conscience, that somehow going to war for these causes online and in person will bring us the redemption and the healing that we so desperately crave. But all of these will fail us. 
Every single thing we pursue will be in vain, and we will never encounter happiness or righteousness or sanctification through our own efforts. We will strive and strive and strive and always feel empty. Instead, in the deepest recesses of our being, we know that we require a Savior, someone other than ourselves, who can pull us out of this world of brokenness and corruption. And when we encounter him, when we realize that our salvation comes from the Christ child and him alone, we finally know the truth. We finally feel that deepest desire of our heart fulfilled. The healing that we long for comes from Him. The peace that we long for comes from Him. We want to be worthy of Him, worthy of His trust, worthy of His presence. We know we fall short. But that's okay, because the child himself makes us worthy of him. He chooses to be with us, and he chooses us to be with him. He chooses us to hold him. He chooses us to follow him. He chooses us from the moment we are conceived in our mother's wombs, Despite our flaws and our failings and our brokenness, he chooses us to be holy and righteous and redeemed in him. Whatever you are seeking, seek it in the manger. If this never-ending plague has upended your life, hold the baby Jesus. If you feel isolated and alone and afraid, Hold the baby Jesus. If you feel confused or lost, hold the baby Jesus. If you feel angry, upset, overwhelmed, frustrated, or restless, hold the baby Jesus. This has been a difficult year or two, a difficult decade or two for our church, for our country, for our world. We feel polarized, isolated, and like everything we care about is threatened. Okay, fine. Solution's the same. Hold the baby Jesus. It is the presence of the Christ child that will heal us, redeem us, sanctify us, in His presence, we can only ever know peace. My friends, this has been more than just an exercise to get you to picture the Christmas scene. I truly mean it, that the presence of the Christ child will save us. Every Christian, every Christian, Every person, but particularly every Christian, desires to spend time with their Lord and ought to spend time in conversation or just listening to the words of the Lord to them. The next time you feel that desire, the next time you sit down to pray, and I mean this, try to picture yourself holding the baby Jesus. 
His presence, His comfort, His warmth, His absolute trust and confidence, His helplessness in your arms, all of these will heal you and save you and sanctify you. But of course, Jesus is present to us objectively, more than just in our imagination. That exercise is healing and salvific, but we can't forget that he's here, now, today, physically, and truly. Everything I have said so far about the baby Jesus is also true about the Eucharist. In the Eucharist, God has made himself present, physically and truly, present and helpless. In the Eucharist, we are confronted once again with a God who wanted to be with us so much that he placed himself trustingly into the hands of our flawed and broken humanity. In the Eucharist, the humility and love of God is on full display. And in the Eucharist, we can find the healing and redeeming presence of Jesus. If you have been away from the Eucharist for any length of time, Jesus is calling you back to himself. Go to confession, be made clean, and then receive the physical presence of Jesus into your life once again. His presence, his physical presence, is healing, it is fulfilling, it is saving, and it is the greatest desire of every human heart. Satisfy that desire. Be healed. In a few short moments, we will begin the liturgy of the Eucharist, in which the priest and people, united together as the head and body of Christ, will join with Christ in his eternal offering to his Father. We will pray the ancient prayers and carry out the ancient ritual through which we unite ourselves to the cross and experience the grace and joy of the resurrection. And the bread and wine will become the literal body and blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus will become present once again, as truly present as he was in the manger at Bethlehem. And he will invite you to receive him into your bodies, as once you might have received him into your arms. Come. Let us adore him. Come, let us receive him.